It's a good show. Hi. Hey. My name is Jeremy. My name is Lucas. And uh, this is Saving the World with Lucas and Jeremy. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're listening right now, this is, I assume you're listening in 2019 because uh, this is the first episode of 2019. We're coming in strong. Lucas, do you have any resolutions you want to talk about real quick? Yeah, get no? to 2020. Get to 2020. Get there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I think I'd like to, uh, I'd like to get into this tidying up uh, phenomenon that's occurring. I'd like Ooh, to. I think I've I want to get. It. I don't know much about. You should tell it. my wife about it. Oh, hey Grace. Um, I really feel like that's <laughs> an, not her name. Uh, that's something I want to get into. <laughs> tidying up around the house. Yeah, I think I want to get into that this year. Mm. Uh, good. Okay, great. Um, so we have a uh, very special guest. <sighs> so special. Oh, she's great. We've had her on the podcast before. Her name is Jessica Salins. Yes. She ran for uh, city council. She mm-hmm. didn't win, but she made uh, she she organized Ground Game LA, which was and a... she came in a, a impressive second, I believe. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was uh, it, she. I would say it was a moral victory for her, and uh, now she works for City Councilman uh, Mike Bauman in District Eleven. Uh, she's uh, just started working there, and she's going to give us some insights. Uh, what she's learning from inside the machine. Right. We're going to talk about homelessness and uh, why people don't want homeless people in their backyards. And what constitu- uh, what constitu- uh, what constituents really look like. What constituents look like. Also, what's a NIMBY? And we're going to give a uh, our review on Welcome to Marwin, starring Steve Carell. Mm-hmm. Steve Carell. Uh, so uh, I think this is, a, uh, this is a quality one. I know yeah. I say that a lot, but... Uh, I think everybody should listen. I I, I agree. <laughs> You've I made so it too. this far. Yeah, you're here, right? Just, you made it this just, far just through stay, the intro. Just, just just keep, keep listening. going. Yeah, yeah. Who it's cares? literally seconds away at this. You point. have nothing. We know you what, have you, nothing you to do. You selected a podcast you to disgusting listen. Disgusting. I'm sure you're stuck in some listener. horrible freeway that you deserve to be on. Just listen. <laughs> Let's smoke some weed. Thank you, by the way, for listening. Pew, pew, pew. Oh, also rate. <laughs> Rate, subscribe, Rate and review. This is, and you know, You're this is very listen. important to us. I know we just insulted just you <laughs> to your faces, but please, please, <laughs> to your ears. We didn't insult you to your faces. Are ears part of the face? No. Yeah. No. Obviously not. Yeah. That's an idiot question. Yeah. All right. Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, we subs- love you guys. This is going to be a big 2019. Um, we apologize. We didn't have one in the first week of 2019, but uh, to make up for it, we're going to have double the fun. Yes. Weed! Saving the world with Barry Rothbart and Lucas Neff. Hey, Jessica. So, uh, this is Lucas. Um, Some things have changed since the last time we had you on the show. Uh, You're now working in the city council office uh, for a city council person. Can you tell us about that, how that got started? Yeah, well, it got started because I was fired from my last job. (laughs) Whoa. You don't have to get into that if you don't want to. But if you want to get into that, we can. 
No, it was cool. Um, it was really um, shitty, actually, um, how it happened. But we don't need to go into that. But just that uh, management doesn't isn't always right. You know, that's the real thing. Um, but it was a good. Lots of good lessons came from it. And so when I was looking for work, I saw that um, Mike Bonin's office was hiring, and um, he's the most progressive council member on the city council. And my nonprofit, Ground Game LA, the one that one of the the nonprofit that I co-founded. Um, that you spoke actually, about on here last mm-hmm. time. Yeah, actually uh, facilitated an action with Mike. He got arrested for an ICE out of LA protest that we facilitated in the fall. Hell so yeah. He knew. Yeah. Nice. So he knew about our you work. got him arrested. That's great. With him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was really excited about it too. We got some really good press around. It's harder than you think to get arrested. I People disagree. I've gotten it arrested is. and it was incredibly easy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a tactic to get arrested, the police's t- tactic in return is to not arrest you. So, wow, yeah. it's funny because yeah. I was definitely trying not to get arrested, and they arrested me immediately. <laughs> exactly, so, um, wild how that I happens. I keep trying. I can't. Keep trying. I can't keep it up, it man. Twenty nineteen, new year, new you. I've killed a lot of people, guys. Um, Greg, have you killed anyone <laughs> or been arrested? We have Greg with us. Greg Barris with us as well, Jessica. If you hear a third hey, voice Greg. chime in, hi, Jessica. <laughs> so Jessica, I'm curious um what you ran for city council, right? Just to recap mm-hmm. the uh the last podcast we had with you and um you didn't win, but you did um you did put up a really good challenge to Mitch O'Farrell who was the uh the incumbent in uh, the, in the the area you ran in, right? Mhm. Um so now that you're that you're working in the city council, maybe can you walk us through like what seems different to you from from being someone who ran for city council versus working within the walls you know are you getting a different perspective do you see more flaws um i guess where my perspective and it's only been i'm in my second full week now mm-hmm. so um it's been a quick learning curve but congratulations Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to be a part of this team. It's a great, great team. Um, and what I see actually is opportunity. And um, and it just actually reinforced what a good council person, not only I would be, but also our whole team would have been. Because I really think it, requ- it takes a village to be a council person, I think. And uh, that's what I'm noticing now. It takes is, a council. Um, yeah, well... <laughs> It takes a team for a single council person, and we have 15 council members. Um, so I see a real opportunity to do that moving forward. And, you know, Ground Game is committed to get behind progressive candidates in 2020 and maybe run a couple of ourselves in 2022. And so um, being in the office, it's really just day in, day out relationships with constituents and project management. What, what would you say? You said there was a learning curve. Um, what would you say is some, uh, are some of the things you've learned already? Well, you know, every office is different. So it's a, knowing, you know, how your colleagues work, their ways of communicating with each other, uh, kind of all the boring stuff, you know, communication flows, best practices, that sort of thing. Like any job, yeah. Um, yeah, except what, I actually love that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> what does a city council do? What is What yeah. is a city council? Well, it Greg, Greg was asking me this earlier, and I'm just curious. <laughs> Greg was yelling at us. Yeah. What is city here. council? Yeah, it just depends who you talk to, too. Like, there's a there's a factual answer of, like, what they have control over, like the fire and police and uh, constituent services like tree trimming and pothole filling and making sure streets are safe and that sort of thing. Um if you ask me, I'm going to have a personal different answer on what it's possible for a council office to do. Um, because LA City is structured that we have 15 city council members, there's 
an extreme amount of power concentrated within each of these council members. They sort of have their own fiefdoms, and they have more power than the mayor of Los Angeles. Whoa. Chicago, for instance, has over 50 aldermen who are yeah. city council Which members. Di- yeah, it dilutes the, the power of each. Yeah, maybe explain that. How do they have more power than the mayor? Well, so they create, they propose the policies and mandates that go through for city council law, um, and then the mayor has to approve them, but they, they wield more um, power with their constituencies than, say, the mayor does. It's mm-hmm. a great question, actually. I should have a better answer for that. Um, yeah, I like that answer. So they're like, they're the Senate for a city. They're the what? They're the Senate for a city. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. What, what? Can they declare war? <laughs> <laughs> I think they do every day on certain demographics, like the houseless declare... residents in our in our city. Yeah, <laughs> Hang on, Greg had something to say. I was going to say, can you declare war against another city? <laughs> That's yeah. I oh think, yeah. man, Boston. Um, that would be great. <laughs> Let's go uh, to war with Boston. <laughs> Who would you want to go to war with? Boston. 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 Do you find since you also ran, Sacramento. you ran a very Ooh, yeah. aggressive. And vocal campaign Tulsa. against Mitch O'Farrell. <laughs> now that you're in the, you know, in in the offices of city council, do you find is there uh, has that come up in any communication with other city council people? Do you do your relationships with other city council members matter? You know, I mean, Mike was very well aware that I'd run against Mitch and um, my feelings about Mitch, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I think upon him hiring me, that was sort of an acceptance of that. Um, but no, my direct role every day is not with other city council members. It is with uh, constituents in District 11 specifically. I'll interact with city employees, um, but not probably even council offices nor um, council uh uh, people. I will be interacting with like the county, like Sheila Kuehl's office is in the building that I work in, and Ted Liu, Congressman Ted Liu will be there. So yeah, we'll Ted's be partnering great. with Love them. Ted. Big fan. Big fan of Ted. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, what, so, do, what do interactions with constituents look like? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. And what do I've constituents got, like, look like? Yeah. What do constituents look like? Um, multiple heads, hairy, uh, hairy. green skin. Okay, nice. <laughs> no. Surprising. I met a constituent so, once. It was weird. Did you? Yeah. Was it terrifying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's my mom. <laughs> you know what's even scarier is you guys are constituents. Don't Isn't say that. Weird? That's ridiculous. I know. Right? Don't, don't 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 turn this on its head so quick. Okay, we got we got okay, some, okay. we got we'll a, we got down. yeah we got mileage to cover here. But uh, so, what do these interactions look like? Well, what's a is, is there a typicality to them or? There is a typicality to them. I mean, mostly people who know, even know that there is a council member and then have found the phone number to a council office usually have a certain amount of time on their hands, a certain interest in civic engagement. Um, People, folks tend to be a little bit more privileged, you would say, just because a lot of people that are just trying to survive, right, aren't like necessarily calling their council office for help. Um, So our job is twofold. It's to take those constituent people, those phone calls that come in, but then also to do outreach. So we're getting more people involved than have been who can, we can educate them on this is how your government operates. This is how you can call us. Um, And for, for my what I want to do is make myself as available and transparent as possible to residents that I'm serving. Um, so I'm giving out my cell phone number left and right, which maybe will bite me later. But um, I find that if you give people the space to talk about what they're frustrated about, they have there's a kind of gratitude that comes after that, you know, mm-hmm. and then there's room to have dialogue for solutions. So, what, yeah, what are the constituents in uh, which which uh, 
what is it called? Council area district? What district? Yeah, district, district. council district. What yeah. is the what district are you uh, are you 11, representing? Right? So Mike Bonin is councilman for District Eleven. So that includes Venice, Del Mar, Playa Vista, Marina Del Rey, a lot yeah. of beachfront, West LA. Um, Mar Vista, I think I said Mar Vista, um, mm-hmm. and also covers the LAX area too. Oh, wow. Um, okay. That's so, yeah. So also, what are they Brentwood important? and the Palisades. Ooh, that's, Palisades. A, that's such a diverse uh, yeah. group of areas, group of neighborhoods. Yeah. What are the issues in that area? Well, you know, I'm starting to learn them myself. Yeah. I know that Mike's priorities for issues include homelessness, educa- uh, environmentalism, and women's issues. Um, you know, uh, what I really appreciate about Mike and the whole office is, is their compassion toward the homelessness crisis. Um, and so they're really trying to help people actively rather than just clean up our streets, right? Um, and so the task is really hard because we get a lot of constituents calling in that are very angry about, say, a bridge housing project. Um, and so it's it's mitigating those frustrations as much as possible, but also continuing to move forward because we know the best solutions are long-term permanent and sustainable solutions. Well, right. this this would be a good time. Greg and I, you know, we drove here together. I don't want to brag. I have a Prius 2014. <laughs> Barry picked me up. And uh, Greg Greg um, had an interesting theory that this might be a good time to get into it about, um, well, what maybe you talk about the uh, the study that you did and you, you spoke to me about. Because you, you kind of, you spent a bunch of time, I think this week, you said, thinking about homelessness and, and this yes. issue. Yes. Um, I, oh yeah. Well, yeah, no, Greg, I think Greg is, has an idea here. Let's hear it. I'd love it. I don't, it's not so much an idea. I just found this study about, um, it was like a 10 year study by the government on food stamps. This government. This government. Okay, cool. Yeah. (laughs) By the American government. And it was, it basically shows that every dollar that's spent on food stamps generates a dollar 70 in GDP. So it's kind of the best return on investment and it makes a lot of sense. And so yeah, so is that, is that injecting money. It's part of homelessness or like the overall problem, you know, food stamps, snap. Oh, okay. SNAP so I maybe I system. added this too. That the idea I, I read recently that the idea is um, by Malcolm Gladwell, actually, in an essay by him, that if you if you spend most of your money on the worst of homelessness, then you're you're actually helping the problem more than than spreading it out over a lot of things. Like if you mm-hmm. take like the the hundred worst homeless people in an area and you just take care of them whole like completely you actually can help the problem more than having large scale services have you ever heard anything like that like that like a like a like more give them, like maintenance services that it's are, actually like, cheaper than putting them in jail putting them giving them well you, you don't know. want to put them in jail well that's what ends up happening to a lot of homeless people is they get put in jail okay it's, it generates money every aspect of helping the very poor generates money for the economy. So yeah. the opposite is also true. Every For every 1% spent on the military over the course of 20 years, it causes a 9% drop in GDP, where every dollar spent mm. on helping or what we call welfare services generates almost $1.70 approximately uh, in the economy because it's freeing up money for these people. They can have time to do something else to make money. They can, ha- they can spend other money on something that they wanted to buy or needed to buy while they're out buying, you know. Is that, and are these, when you talk to Mike in the city council office, are these sort of like, uh, 
what's the agenda that he's set for sort of trying to deal with like the houselessness crisis or, or can you speak to that or homelessness too? Yeah. Um, I actually haven't been able, I haven't had a chance to sit down with Mike specifically about like, I know he's working, you know, they're working on the bridge housing project, for instance, in Venice that got a lot of pushback from, um, what we would call NIMBYs, not in my backyard from in Venice. Yeah. Um, They like came out in full force against it. They did. Which which is is crazy. What is it? It was bridge housing. So it's temporary housing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, so part of my role, I, I feel like part of my initiative as a part of my uh, role is to be a field deputy for West LA. And so I really want to look at homelessness in a holistic way and, and do as much outreach to folks who are houseless um, and then try and come up with, per, you know, permanent solutions for that, whether that's like looking at city owned lots and maybe we purchase a city owned lot um, with a public private partnership. And so we start building outside of the bureaucracy of um, city funds, you know, so that mm-hmm. we can build more housing quicker. Um, I don't know exactly what it looks like, but I'm really determined to maybe yeah, what is what is nimby not in my backyard <laughs> yeah what is not that in my back. essentially it's people who, i know what it stands for essentially it's people who are upset about new developments in places that they live because of their property values would be going down if there was a bridge center nearby for instance um which is also not true um fiscally not true so um they're just people that generally have uh the ability to express their opinions very loudly about things that they don't want developed in their neighborhoods. Sure. Um, I have a, I have a question and maybe this is like, maybe this is uh stupid, but I don't know. I won't know until I ask it. Um, do, that, Ooh, the amount of homeless, yeah. <laughs> Who Where am are I? you? Uh, no, it's a, uh, it's that like the, the amount of uh, homeless or houseless that are in a district, are they considered constituents of that district? Are they, do they have the same uh, rights and re- representation as, say, you know, like a homeowner or a business owner in the district? Because, you, you know, we talk about constituent interactions, and I'm kind of curious about, like, how, you know, do, are, they, do they partic- are, they, uh, can, are they capable of participating as constituents within a district uh, to the same level? Absolutely not. Not because they're not allowed to, but just because of they're trying to survive on a different level than someone who owns a house, you know, or someone who rents. Um, So I, in my role as a West LA field deputy, I will certainly look at them as our constituents. And I believe we need to be taking care of our most vulnerable constituents. And so um, that will be my task and goal. And hopefully I can create a blueprint to then present to the rest of the team on some solutions that we haven't innovated yet that maybe I can put into place and then say like we can do this other places too and we can reshape the narrative around these folks that are in really hard times because i was just thinking like i I don't even really understand like i you know the voting the technical even voting yeah even me i know (laughs) even lucas doesn't understand this uh i may be the you know probably everyone doesn't understand it but as the preeminent thinker thank you barry on (laughs) all topics um but i i was just curious like what are the like can they participate in elections in the in the same way in a district for like a city council election? Like, how are they? You know, there's a huge. If they have their documentation together, but a lot of them don't. And, mm-hmm. and in order to vote, you need a residency. So you that could be a PO oh, box, or you, yeah. 
or I think you can, I think you can put like a public library, but you still have to fill out the voting form and then want to do that. And a lot of people feel super disenfranchised by their government. And so they, they would never do that. Yeah. It's funny because, you know, we talk about like some very progressive voter rights uh, being sort of enabled or protected in California, but we have such a huge population of, of homeless and houseless uh, people. And it, it doesn't, we, I feel like that's not really a conversation anyone has about, about their sort of voting rights and representation, as opposed to their needs being represented at the voting ballot, but mm-hmm. their ability to actually participate, I, I guess. I fe- it feels pretty far me. down on the list. Well, just, I mean, but you talk about like, uh, the voting rights of felons. Um, and, and like, yeah. the, it, it is really to have your needs addressed. Participating in elections is almost the most, um, I feel like, the best way to make sure that your needs are addressed by by our representatives as opposed to just being uh, uh, suffering a problem that everyone acknowledges right. needs to be dealt mm-hmm. with. Right. I don't know. Uh, that, I, I guess, uh, um, uh, do you have a take on this? I just feel like I hadn't ever really thought of that before, but it seems like a really big, big question mark. Yeah, I mean, it's about, they can't engage in, you know, when you're down on your when you when you don't have a place to live and you're looking for food and you're in a bad mental place, health place you're not it's hard to do anything let alone participate in civic engagement which regular people find to be you know really difficult to do mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so it's a lot to ask of a person also yeah. i'm always curious how much of chronic homelessness is a mental health issue and not just a housing issue i think it's only 15% it's like 75% of homeless people yeah. have a job and a kid only 15% chronic are homeless like yeah. people who are chronically homeless? Yeah. And then the 15% are people with something going on and a drug addiction. Small percentage. Yeah. We mm-hmm. have, we have, a, we're in a housing crisis, you know, and that's one of the reasons why so many folks are pushing for yes on Prop 10, which would have repealed Costa Hawkins so that we could have increased rent control in cities across California. Um, and why we really need to address, you know, organizers for the last decade have been working on housing as a human right. And we, that's a really important narrative to continue pushing and reshaping our framework of our, of ourselves, of, of what it means to be a human on this planet and, yeah. and, um, have housing. <laughs> there's like not really much being done about it. Even these, this thing in Venice that you're talking about, there's supposed to be one in each district, but we have mm-hmm. the, the Venice one would be the, the second housing. one, the bridge housing. Mm-hmm. The Venice one would be the second one going up. It's only for 35 people. They haven't mm-hmm. even started construction or agreed to start construction. And so, you know, w- there's only one of these bridge housing projects where if it's going to take two years to get each one going, it's like for 35 people, it's really not much of a thing and it hasn't even happened it's like mostly just like a a way to say that something's being done but Mm -hmm. not much of anything is being done and i think that like part of what you're talking about like getting the word out or like trying to rebrand it is i have was just thinking about it recently it's like if people's argument is always like how much money we're spending on these people and they're taking the money and the money and the money it's like well guess what every dollar we are going to make more money by helping these people. We lose more money by not helping them. We actually generate money by helping them. So because they'll be working. Well, not even. Yeah, they're becoming getting them back into becoming an economic taxpayer. That's a great as, goal. As opposed to being someone who purely receives benefits, or yeah, or just like that. They, not they, even. They also begin to. It just tr- it, the economic engine is is stimulated. Sure, but by it's investing like, in that part of the it costs us seventy two thousand dollars a year on average to keep someone in jail. It costs us a lot of money right. to take someone to the hospital from the street. It's not a good look. To, it's not healthy economically to have people in front of your storefront on the street. There's all kinds of other added costs. Even 
even if they don't become like this economic taxpayer, it legitimately costs us less money to help them. And it, it will does. It'll That's generate really true. Money. I'd also like to just point out that like when I have uh, conversations with constituents, I think it's so important that we also like not only push the economic narrative, but talk about people in terms of like their humanity and not just dollar signs. <laughs> because like if we're also trying to fight things like climate change, for instance, like we really need to recognize, we really need to start the narrative and paradigm shift that we so desperately True. need of like, yeah. we are humans. What is our purpose? Like, are we here to just, you know, knock people off and like, yeah. look at them it as feels like that's a side are we effect. here to take care of each other? It feels like that's a side effect of like the right and how they don't see things mm. as, as a human issue. So it's almost like you have to reframe it as like, no, you, it, this will be a dollar issue. If there, you don't see is, people yeah. as human. No, so that, but the, but the dollars, but the dollar thing is is um, that's an effect of capitalism. And in order to combat cl things like climate change and homelessness and housing crisis, we have to talk in terms of socialism, which I know is really scary for people. But like, it's about social welfare, right? Like taking care of our social lives, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, um, and yeah. capitalism has been kind of hurting us on that front a lot. <laughs> I agree with that. But I think the people that are pushing back the hardest yeah. are these capitalists. And it's like, if you can say like, hey, it's going to now, it's going to cost us. Climate change is going to cost us this much money. If we put this much money in to fix it, we actually make this much money. So what's your yeah. argument now, capitalist guy? Like, yeah, I think you're 100 percent right. It's great. And I think we should be moving towards a focus on, like, quality of life. And that's what's important. And at the same time, like, just proving them wrong. It's like it it costs us more money to not deal with these things over time. It does. You're yeah. right. And, and there's lots of tactics. And yeah. spe speaking of narratives and sort of like how to get the, the narrative started and how framing the narrative works, uh, getting back to sort of a constituent perspective, the people who, who you know, like uh, I, I know you've all, this is only your second week and congratulations again. But uh, do you find like the squeaky wheel constituents tend to get more grease? Is it is it important to be like to come back and like pound the door again and again and again and again until you're heard or is just coming in enough is coming in or what's the best way to for people to make their cases heard about any of these issues? For constituents, you mean? Mm -hmm. Yes, for constituents. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I don't know. I guess that goes from field deputy to field deputy about how much time that they want to give different people. Um, I certainly think if you want to set, if you want to talk to a you know, your council office about an issue in your area, you should set up a meeting with your field deputy. They're the closest person to the source and they're your direct um, way into the council office. Um, and then hopefully that field deputy, our field deputies are very responsive. And so um, hopefully, you know, from there you, you've gotten some answers and some direction to m just move on and your needs have been met with that one meeting. What are the um, office hours? Out of curiosity. <laughs> Nine to five. Nine to five is that Monday through Friday? Mm -hmm. Although okay. we do events Memorial on the weekend Day, yeah. too. Yeah, I was about to say, Close. do you do you offer like you know, people who work nine to five you know, are nine to fivers, are there opportunities to come in the office or to meet with their council person outside of that? Yeah, we actually have, and I'm actually in charge of this. We have these great events called Access 11 that Mike wants to set up because Mike's, one of his priorities is to have greater access to the council office and him uh, for people. So we do living room chats and we do hikes with Mike and things like that, where people can host him at their house with a bunch of their friends and talk talk to him about issues in the area. Um, and I then like you've the got your that. council member there for an evening, which is amazing. 
Guys, I got my council member coming over uh, later tonight. We're gonna we're gonna really have a full cool party. Uh, like, be cool. I want everyone to like be cool and have fun. We'll be watching Roma at the end of it together. <laughs> we're gonna all watch Roma together. I got pizza. Um, oh, I loved Roma. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Everybody's telling me to go see it. I need to go see it. I think this would be a great time maybe to leap into a segment. Uh, lightning, lightning round! round. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you played this before, Jessica, so you know how it works. Um, but in case you this forgot... Is where we, this is where we learn a little bit about you, Jessica, now that oh, you know, we've talked about us for so long. Um, <laughs> so this, the rules are simple. Five questions. You have to hear all five before you start answering, and then you have a very loose 30 seconds to, uh, to answer them. Yes, Shoot. this is all cool. true. All right, Barry's are we ready? Go first. Yes. All right, lightning round. round. <laughs> okay, Pew. and fight. In uh, <laughs> in ten years from now, will Trump winning the presidency end up being a net positive <laughs> or a net negative to Hillary winning too? If someone told you you could completely rewrite the Constitution okay. of the United States, did she just say hello? I think she might have. That okay. was me opening a drink, oh, but uh, you might have heard you. it. You Sorry, can, can you hear? Can you hear me? Can you hear us? Hello? Did you hit mute can by accident? Can you hear us now? Barry? Maybe it's because... Yeah, I can. Oh, okay. Did you press speaker accidentally? Nope. Oh, because of the... Can you hear me now? Yes. This is a fun part I of the show. You can still hear she us. She can hear us. Hello? Can yes. you? Yes. You can still hear us. <laughs> okay, yes. great. Lighting round. Yes. Lighting round. In 10 years from now, will the Trump, will Trump winning the presidency end up being a net positive or a net negative to Hillary winning? Two, if someone told you could you could completely rewrite the Constitution of the United States, what would be Article 1 in your new draft? Three, if you had if you had to offend one type of person with a tweet, what demographic would you choose? You can't say cis white American males. Four, <laughs> what was the least flattering nickname you were given growing up? Be honest. Five, who are we? Take that however you want it. Oh God! Um, it's going to be a net positive. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I like that kind Article of optimism. One, Article one: We care for people. <laughs> mm. um, who would I offend? We care for. And people. I can't do white cis American men. Nope. Mm -hmm. um, white cis European men. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I like and, that. <laughs> Which do, that's in our one ancestry. country in particular? Like England. <laughs> mm, England. Mm. Yeah, they suck. Um. I was called Munchkin in sixth grade, and I hated it. I'm four eleven, and then who are you? Um, well, I guess we said you were constituents, which means you have multiple heads, hairy, and green skin. I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is that all of them? Is that everything? Um, I think that is. Whoa! Yeah! So does she get a point? Is that? I'm giving you a point and a half Whoa. because of speed. Yeah, we answered that very that quickly, and because I feel bad that I disconnected you for a minute. That was, uh, uh, did we figure out what happened? No. No? We'll never know? Never know. Co uh, classified, I think I should get the other info. half point for that. Nope. Ooh. 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 <laughs> Getting greedy over there, Jessica. <laughs> All right, lightning round! Round two. It's going to be the exact same rules. Thank you for the pews. Uh, question one. 
Is it better to be inside the machine or outside? Two, what's your favorite council all time? Three, what's the best way to reach a city council person? Four, are millennials right or wrong? Five, how do we get shit done? Um, we have to do inside and outside, and we need more people on the inside. My favorite council person at the moment that I know no, of No, no, not council Thomas- person. Council office? Favorite council. Favorite council. Mm. Like, like Dumbledore. Okay. Right? The Order of the counsel. Phoenix? Order of the Phoenix? Is that the answer? Sh- sure, or it could yeah. be an attorney, I guess. Yeah, it point. could be an attorney. Michael Cohen. I don't believe there. in the law. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. You don't believe in the law? Um, yeah. I believe in law I mean, and order. Sure. I believe in that. Which one? Maybe. The show. SVU? <laughs> <laughs> SVU is a very um, good answer. I don't... Millennials are definitely right. And how do we get shit done? We organize. People power. Okay, so we there's... Got, we got to keep doing. There's one more question. Wasn't it that millennials were right? No, you answered that one, but there's one more that's not that one. Oh, dear. Whoa, I forget. Whoa. Do you want help? I can give you a hint. Yes. yes. I'll give you a hint. And, but you can't get a, a point then, just so you know. Not a full Shoot. point. What's the best way... To reach. Oh, to reach your council person. Mm-hmm. Um, by phone, get their cell phone number. <laughs> okay. Um, great. Well, that's all the questions. Unfortunately, I had to give you a hint. So, so you're only getting... So now you have two points, um, right? Well, no, point? uh, yeah, I'll give you half a point. So okay. you're at uh, two full points, Jessica. Greg's still at zero, so uh, he's losing pretty badly. But that, oh, was, uh, that was great. Lightning round is Lightning over. Lightning round. <laughs> over. <laughs> Okay, um, so should we do a Would You Rather real quick? Or yeah, should we save it? No, no, no. We can do okay. a Would You Rather. Would You Rather. All right, well, Jessica, well, here's well, a quick you, Would You rather. rather. This is a really good one. And it's very topical, very timely. Would You Rather. Would You Rather be forced to watch the movie Welcome to Marwin on a loop for a full year <laughs> or chop off any finger of your choosing just once? You can ask any questions and uh, think it through before I have you questions. answer. Okay. Do you Chop have a question, Jessica? Any one of my fingers? You or get someone to choose which fingers? one. Your finger. Do you from the from no, the no, no, from no, the no. first knuckle? Is it just your Not free? The, is it just when you watch entertainment? It's always Marwin, or is it twenty four seven Clockwork Orange eyeballs? Open? Well, here's the thing. I I gave this a lot of thought. It is not Clockwork Orange. You're just in a movie theater for a full year. You're fed. They make sure you don't get bed sores. They move you. Can you You walk? Sleep. Go to the bathroom. You can sleep. How do they make sure you don't? You go to the bathroom in your seat, and (laughs) you do full. They move you. What do you mean? You you don't get bed sores? (laughs) Okay, okay. that's so uh, gross. And uh, the movie Welcome to Marwin is playing in front of you really loudly. And what do you get if you do that? Huh? And then what do you get if you do that? You clearly don't know how would you rather. Can I go under anesthesia to cut off one of my digits, Ooh, or am I awake for it? Good question. That's a very good question. And can, yes, can, can you, you get can. It, you can, could do it in the least painless, in the least painful way possible. Can you get it reattached? And after a year, no, can you I cannot sew it get back it on? Because I just read. Do you know that? Uh, what's who's the one? Who's the lady who chopped off the guy's penis in the nineties? Do you remember Bob that? It. Yeah, Bobbit. Yeah. They reattached it. Yeah. Did you know People they know reattached yeah, it? And it then he did story. porn? Yeah. I don't think they reattached his real okay. penis. I think he got a secondary, someone else's. He got a, but he got another, he got a penis yeah, reattached. To, I think we he got a cadaver penis. Jessica. But he did a, it was called Frankenweenie, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Would I can't you cut rather? off anything, yes. any body part, so I'm going to do the Marwin. Marwin. For a full year. You can't yeah, get more win than that. Now, here's another thing you didn't ask. You cannot talk to your friends or family. 
for a full year. That was not a part of it. It's a part you of it. You're in this theater. There's no cell phone service, no Wi-Fi. Well, I guess you're not this used a... to use cell phones during a movie. So I'll, become that makes sense. Really, I'll become really good at meditating. What a, mm. Are you allowed? You're not. You are allowed to close you're your eyes. You're not allowed to meditate, though. <laughs> what else? How can game. you tell if I'm meditating or not? You're not going on. How could you tell? Oh. Yeah. I'm not meditating. I'm just looking. I'm meditating. I'm pondering. It's 2019. Anything can be meditation. Anything can be meditation. And you have to speak I'm med- I've been meditating this entire episode. I was contemplating, not meditating. All right, yeah. all right. This is getting out of sight. It was just quiet introspection. Um, I, okay. uh, this is a so good idea was, for pick? like a what's horror film. Would you rather the horror film? Yeah, and then whatever you choose, you think it's a joke. the horror film. Is that essential? That's essentially Bandersnatch, right? It's like a terrible don't would you rather. It. Yeah, don't spoil it. Oh, sorry. Um, okay, you well, Jessica, um, do I we have any, any, any final questions? <laughs> yeah, any, well, no, what did she pick? Oh, she picked Marwin. Yeah. Oh. I did. And that was the wrong or right? Uh, That's the wrong the answer. Wrong answer. Yeah. Have I'm you seen finger. Welcome to Marwin? I haven't. I it's don't want to. It's unbearable. Okay. <laughs> you watched it? Yeah. Wow. You oh. have been a little different. Okay, so uh, any final questions, Lucas? Uh, yeah. Why should we? Uh, what about city ca- the 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 institution of city council should give us hope? Um, that really good people are going to be running very soon um, to make it better. Great, great. And then um, anyone uh, anyone that you could recommend? Yeah. This any, early? Any, well, any early look at names District in the 12. Hat? Because um, there's actually two progressives running right now, Carlos Amador and Lorraine Lundquist, and they're both wonderful people. We'll see how it shakes out. Uh, but right now, Ground Game is supporting supporting both of them. Okay, and then, yes, I do have one uh, another question inspired by that answer. Um, to our listeners who don't live in Los Angeles and who would be considering maybe thinking about running for city council in their or alder, uh, alder, in Los uh, Angeles. being an alder person in Los Angeles, <laughs> obviously, um, what w- advice would you give to these people who don't live here who want to run for city council here? Um, or there become become really good at team management and um, when you decide to run for city council which you should do uh, put together a really great team and try and have horizontal power structured management instead of vertical so mm. instead of thinking of top-down approach think about it as a holistic team that is working together for the best interests of the community wait wait so horizontal versus vertical you mean don't have a um, don't have a boss a power structure to your campaign is that what you're saying yeah, the power structure, the power is, um, is um, what's the, diffused across mm, the whole mm-hmm. team, you know, so it's a really, it's a team effort and also get creative. There is so much possibility and think about being a council person as being an organizer. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> Barry, <laughs> Greg, any final questions? Greg has one. This is a great opportunity for you to go ahead and name names of known politicians that you personally know that are taking dark money. Go ahead. <laughs> mm. I think you can look ahead. that up on uh, online, and I, that would Farrell, put myself yeah. in a bad position <laughs> at the moment. But there is podcast. an LA Times article out oh. because the FBI is doing some investigations that came out recently. So check out the LA Those Times. Those losers are investigating that. us, huh? Wow, wow. that's a good question. <laughs> that is yeah, a good question. That was a good question, Greg. Thank you yeah. for recognizing yourself. Can I ask how does dark money come to politicians? Is it like in an envelope or? Yeah, what's like... the best way I should get my dark money to a politician? <laughs> is it like under a coffee table? Like how is it pushed mm-hmm. to a politician? Do you have to bring a, your own coffee table with the dark? Is it just campaign? There is a coffee table that you buy specifically at Ikea, and uh, it comes with a man in a bowler hat. Mm. 
Ah, yes. With like kind of crusty fingers. Yeah. And he delivers the money to you is what I've heard. This has been a very visual episode. The constituents (laughs) and the the coffee table man is very frightening. This is the part of politics people don't realize. (laughs) Ah, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, okay. I, thank you for letting us realize these things. Barry, you got anything? Before uh, we... I don't. I just wanted to donate some dark money, but now I don't know where to go. Yeah, where where can, where should people donate their dark money, and then we'll let <laughs> well, you go. Just start with the IKEA coffee table. That's what I just told you. Remember? Okay. Well, yeah, but no. But uh, are there any yes. causes they should donate their dark money to? <laughs> <laughs> My wife and I have allotted um, a big a big portion of our dark money to charity this year. So. <laughs> That's really good, oh, man. I'm really that's, generous. that's great. It's been a short year yeah. so far, but that's good to know. Um, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us, Jessica. If you have anything you'd like to, to, if you have any final words before you want to head out, uh, no, that's it. Get involved in your local government. It's important. Well, thanks so much for coming back, Jessica. Thanks, really thanks for having me. It. We really appreciate Bye, it. Yeah, Pleasure. Bye bye. 